acclaimed comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at, at First, first listen. listen. This season... We're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey guys, this is Kaylee Shore, and you're listening to Too Much to Say. But don't go asking questions that you don't Okay, so I promised this last week. This is my episode on Midnight's by Taylor Swift. Um, We're going to be talking about the 3 a.m. edition because I have to comment on those songs too. Also, they're some of my favorites. So that is the version we will be talking about today. Um, I'm, I love this so much. Um, I just like, I mean, all of y'all know I'm a huge Taylor Swift fan, like, but this is a really, really cool album. And it definitely feels like a huge step for her. Although I will say, um, and this isn't a criticism, but this is like my critical observation, but there's not really that much different sonically than stuff that she's done before, but it does feel like an album full of like the best electro pop moments that Taylor Swift has had in her career. So she's not reinventing the wheel sonically, but these are, a turn in lyrics for her. I feel like she took the best parts of her writing on folklore and made them very personal because folklore was a lot of characters and, you know, I'm sure there were things pulled from her real life. I mean, there's ones that are obvious, but this is special because it really feels honest to her. And obviously, like, we all want to peek behind the curtain and know what's going on in Taylor's life and her songs are the best way to do that because she's a rather private person, which I respect. But it's nice to be let in. You know, it's nice to be let in. So I'm going to start with my top five, which is hard to narrow down. Um, This is, okay, I'll do my top five, including 3AM edition, and then I'll do my top five without it. So um, including the 3AM edition, so total, you're on your own, kid, number one. Number two, Antihero. Number three, Bejeweled. Number four, The Great War. And number five, Could've, Should've, Would've. So without the 3AM songs, it's You're On Your Own Kid, Antihero, Bejeweled, Midnight, Rain, and Karma. 
So I love them. I think they're so strong lyrically. The reason I picked You're On Your Own Kid as the first song is because, well, I relate to it. It's written about Nashville and her like, you know, moving there and having these dreams and being in the music industry and whatever, like the sing my songs in a parking lot. I have sang my songs in many parking lots. <laughs> um, it was just a very specific line that I really related to. And I love the turn at the end because it's like, I'm, I need to hear that sometimes that like I have myself, like just because I'm alone doesn't mean that it's a bad thing. Um, but I also am happy to see her come to that conclusion as like someone who is way too personally invested in Taylor Swift's mental health for someone who doesn't know her. Um, I just love it. Antihero is so honest. And she said this when she was like doing the teasers, but she was like, this is some of the most like vulnerable, honest writing I've done before. And I was, you know, whenever an artist says that, myself included, sometimes it's like, okay. And then you listen to the song and it's like a song, you know, but this one really, really was what she said it was, which is like definitely a, she pulled the curtain back a lot more than she normally does. I mean, this one feels like she's breaking fourth wall and I just love it. I love the honesty. I relate to it. Um, the, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me is so hilarious. And I love all the TikToks I've seen. Um, I don't think Taylor Swift ever would write a song with TikTok in mind, but if she had, this one was genius. Um, Bejeweled is like, I love it. Cause it's like, you're in a relationship, you know, I'm in a relationship. And sometimes you feel taken for granted, whether you are truly or not. Um, I have many perceived slights that might not be slights, but it's nice to remember that like, you know, like I still got it. Like, I don't need to go cheat on you to prove that <clears throat> at my ex-boyfriend. Wish she could have taken the shortcut there. But <laughs> um, it's just nice to remind yourself that, like, you know, I've always been of the mindset where I don't need the person I'm with. I just really want them. Um, and I think that that's more important. And actually, my ex-boyfriend used to get really mad when I would say that because he'd be like, well, I need you and, like, you don't need me. And I'm like, well, I'm just saying, like, I'm not going to die if you leave. Clearly I didn't, but I was like, you know, I want to be here and I feel like that's better because like if I need to be here, I'm dependent on you. You can need something and not want it and you can want something and not need it. And so I really like that song. I feel like it's super empowering for anybody who just needs to remember that they got a little sparkle. And I love that Dita Von Tees was in the music video. She's like one of my like favorite, um, I don't know what you call her, like a personality, but her, her whole aesthetic is so cool. Um, the Great War, I love this one because uh, my boyfriend Sam and I went through a really, really tough period last year and we hung on through all of it, but it was like hard. Like we were both growing and felt, feeling growing pains, not even necessarily within the relationship, but like with ourselves and the way that we interacted with the world and the way that our values are kind of different. We grew up really different. And so I am a, you know, wartime child and he is a sunshine child. And sometimes he has to tell me that the world isn't all bad. Sometimes I have to remind him that the world isn't all good. And it took us a long time to get to that simple of a fucking conclusion. <laughs> but um, I love this song because it's like, that's how I feel about, about him. <laughs> that's how I feel about Sam and just like what we've been through. And it just was a really, really beautiful love song because it's real. 
I've talked about this before, but like, I don't want to write love songs that are just one dimensional. I think that love deserves more than that. And we write about multifaceted love when we're talking about it ending. So why don't we talk about multifaceted love when it's happening? So this is just like a beautiful song. And I think a lot of people who are in like long-term relationships relate to it. Um, last is Coulda, Shoulda, Woulda. Um, whew give me back my girlhood. It was mine first, like broke me. Um, this one is reminding me a lot of like the topics that people have been talking about recently, like 29 by Demi Lovato. I fucking love that song. I'm still obsessed with that album. I went and saw them play with um, my best friend Candy at the Ryman in Nashville last week. And it was amazing. Um, but like that song was such an emotional moment for people. And I know that this one, if Taylor plays it on the Eras tour, will be a really emotional moment because it's something we don't talk about. Like, I mean, I talk about it all the fucking time. I have my song 18, which I wrote about something similar, but it's like the, like someone doesn't have to be a pedophile to take advantage of your age. Like, I don't think that my ex-boyfriend is a pedophile. I don't think he would ever be attracted to a child and someone who looked like a child. I don't think that's like his thing. I do think that he like gets off on the power imbalance. And if you are in your thirties and you're dating a fucking 19 year old and getting mad when she writes songs about it, like, come on, you know? And so this song was just like, I mean, it's so, it's so sad because it has been so long since what I assume Taylor's writing the song about, but it's been a long time since I've had my stuff happen. It's been a long time since Demi Lovato had their stuff happen and it still impacts you. And the older you get, and you know, she's, she's the age of the person she was dating at 19 now. And she has to like, look at a 19 year old and be like, what the fuck? Like, I mean, that's how I feel when I, even when I was like 22, I'd look at 18 year olds and I'd be like, you're a literal child. I mean, one time when I was 23, I had a 19 year old, literally throw themselves at me and um I felt so bad and I didn't want to hurt their feelings so I pretended that I had to vomit <clears throat> which I highly recommend if you're ever trying to get out of like an awkward situation but I felt so weird I was like that's a teenager you know like and that was the same age difference between me and my ex-boyfriend so I think that the for or like the hindsight that Taylor has in this song is what makes it so fucking amazing. And like this song couldn't have been written on Speak Now because she wasn't far enough away from the situation. Um, and then the honorable mentions, Karma. I mean, I just fucking love that. And like, Karma is a cat purring on my lap cause it loves me. It's just, it's so good. I mean, I have so many people that I would <laughs> like want to at in that song. And it's just like a nice, fun revenge bop, which I love. I'm a big, I'm a big revenge gal, you know? Um, I like revenge by success, preferably. Um, and then Midnight Rain, I mean, I just relate to that so deeply. That feels like the story of me and any boyfriend before Sam. Um, I knew I was gonna end up with a songwriter. Who was I ever freaking kidding? Um, we're gonna take a break and then we'll be right back with more. I'm Kaylee Short and this is Too Much To Say. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. 
And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course, we'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture, and we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV true crime podcast, To Live and Die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. The war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am, like I am, where it is. This isn't going to work. I I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So an observation I've had about this album is, and this might just be me, but I kind of had it in my head that Taylor Swift was a morning person. (laughs) Like she seems like she has her shit together and like would wake up really early and like, you know, journal in front of the window with the cats and like, you know, make a sensible breakfast. But Taylor Swift has been screaming at us that she's an insomniac since her first album. I mean, like everything is like, Screaming, crying, kissing in the rain, 2 a.m., cursing your name. And, um, like, when we're fighting in the street at 2 a.m. in the Mind music video, like, I mean, it's just all very, like, late-night things. And so this album is, like, you know, a collection of late-nights over her entire career. And it's like, oh, there's probably been a lot of late-nights. And Taylor Swift does not have a normal sleep schedule. And just because she seems like she has it all put together. But then what's interesting to me is, like, because if Taylor Swift's an insomniac, Taylor Swift probably sleeps in. And I just can't picture that. 
And I know I probably sound a little crazy right now, but this was like my big takeaway. I was like, oh my God, Taylor Swift is not a morning person. Like she's giving morning person energy for sure, but she's not. Um, I'm so excited about the tour too. Um, I have a Capital One card, which is the only way I can afford these tickets. So, um, but I get the pre-sale access. So we will see, wish me luck. Um, she just added another Nashville date, which is great, and another LA date. So I have like many options for which one to go to, but I would really like to go to the Nashville one to see my um my friend Gail play. I'm so proud of her. I know this is such a huge deal for her. She's always fucking loved Taylor Swift. And I mean, her playing in a stadium is so big and exciting. And I'm just so proud of her. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be a really cool tour. I'm so excited to see what she does. I mean, she's never done like a essentially like greatest hits tour, which is sort of what this is without being that it's cooler. Um, I think it'll probably still have a lot more to do with midnights and she might, if, if I had to guess, I think she might end up like picking her midnights type songs to play on here. So like out of the woods from 1989, like for sure. Um, like, okay, let's see. I mean, Last Kiss from Speak Now. I mean, like stuff like that. Like songs that have similar themes as Midnight's. Um, oh, I'm so excited. Obviously all too well. I mean, if we don't get the 10 minute version, which I realize is probably a lot for her to perform every night, but like, it's so good. The only other 10 minute song that I listen to willingly, like frequently is Constantine by Something Corporate, which is also a great song, but I mean, usually 10 minutes is too fucking long for a song. So, um, it's impressive when someone can pull it off, but I really, I really want to see that live. I know we got the SNL performance and I know that I should be thankful that we got the 10 minute version at all, but I want to see it live. So we're going to take another quick break and then we'll be back. I'm going to fill you guys in on what I've been doing, um, since I've been back in Los Angeles, since I've been back home and, uh, tell you about some exciting things. writer and notorious Scott Summers hater, Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy-winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter, Jason Concepcion. Rosie, somehow the X-Ray Vision podcast has returned. It feels so good. It does. And like always, we'll be here every week covering the wide world of TV, movies, comics, and geek culture. That's right. We'll be talking about Batman, heroes of that stature, and of course... We'll be inviting our friends in the industry to come geek out with us and share stories. We'll hear from TV writers, from actors, comics creators, pop culture critics, and more. Nothing is off the table because geek culture is pop culture. And we can't wait to share our love of it all with you every single week. Listen to X-Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is Neil Strauss, host of the Tenderfoot TV True Crime Podcast, to live and die in L.A. I'm here to tell you about the new podcast I've been undercover investigating for the last year and a half. It's called To Die For. Here's a clip. All these girls were sent out into the world and they were told, try to meet important men, try to attach yourself to important men. The voice you're hearing is a Russian model agent telling me about spies sent out to seduce men with political power. 
the war in Ukraine is also being fought by all these girls that are all over important cities. For the first time, a military-trained seduction spy reveals how the Russian government turned sex and love into a deadly weapon. If you want to kill your target, it's easy. You just seduce him, take him somewhere, start having sex, and then he's very vulnerable, so you can kill him easily. To Die For is available now. Listen for free on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm preaching to somebody today who is waiting for God to give you your next step. And you don't know what it is yet. You need God to show you your next step. Because God, I can't stay where I am like I am where it is. This isn't going to work. I have to move on, but I don't know where. A lot of time you'll use it as an excuse. Well, I don't know how. I don't know where. I don't know what. God, if you show me. God, if you tell me. God, no, 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 no. You know enough right now. And if you needed to know more, he would show you. Hey, this is Stephen Furtick. I want to invite you to listen to my podcast, Elevation with Stephen Furtick. I am here to help you for the battles that you face in life, for the times when you feel discouraged, for the times that you need guidance from God. I want to give you the truth of what he says about you to help you rise to your full potential. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so a couple updates, one of which is not the best thing, but if you guys could send some well wishes to my kitty cat, Monkey. He's sleeping on the bed behind me. Um, He's my best bud. We don't know exactly how old he is, mostly because we just don't remember. And my house burned down when I was nine, so we lost, like, pictures and videos. And so, like, there's no, like, paper trail of when he was born, but he was a descendant of one of our very first cats. So my cat that I that was around when I was born, her name was Willie. Willie had a cat named Princess Lily of the Valley. Princess Lily of the Valley had a cat named um, Powder Gray, and then Powder Gray had Monkey. And he's a boy, and he's fixed, so he is the end of the line. But it was, uh, I mean, his great, great, great grandmother was a great cat. So were the other two. I mean, they were always my favorites. And so, um, I think he's roughly 21. I think I got him. I think I had him when he was, when I was seven, he was born. So I've had him since like literally the day he was born. Um, and he's gone all over with me. He's gone to Nashville. Um, I took him from Maine from my dad's house back in 2019. So we had a period of separation, but he's, he's the best and he has not been feeling super well. He's really stressed because at our house in Nashville, one of my roommates has a younger cat who is like, I'm obsessed with this cat. Like his name is Squid. He's blind. He's precious. He literally just ran in the house one day and she FaceTimes me and was like, uh, what do I do with this cat that just ran in the house? I was like, well, I think you just got a cat. So this feral cat just like picked her. Um, and I just adore him and he adores me back. He also really adores Monkey. 
I don't think he knows how old Monkey is either because he's blind. Um, and I'm assuming they don't communicate those things. But he just wants to be Monkey's best friend and play with him all the time. And he's like, Monkey started jumping up on the counters to like get away from him. And then Squid, this fucking blind cat, figured out how to jump on the counters. And it's like hilarious to watch. But um, it's been stressing Monkey out. So he's lost like a lot of weight. And he has a bald spot now. And I just don't like seeing him look old. He's... I mean, I always remind myself the oldest cat ever lived to be 36 years old and he's only 21, 22. I mean, he seems really happy now, but just send some good vibes because I'm pretty stressed about that. And I, I just, I just can't, I can't think about it. Also send some good vibes for Candy's cat because Candy's cat is having some um, health problems as well. So uh, Candy and I are a fucking collective mess right now. Uh, yeah. So anyways, but on the good news front, my creative bug has returned. I have ideas again. I know what I want to do for the next project. I know what it's going to be called. I know at least three of the songs that are going to be on it. I don't know if it's an EP or an album. I want it to be an album, but obviously albums cost more than EPs but I'm really excited it's not like anything I've ever done the visuals that I have in my head are going to be so fucking cool and I just like over the past year have just been so disconnected from myself as an artist and I'm sure you guys have been able to sense that from social media and my podcasts and whatever like I just haven't felt like Kaylee I felt like Kaylee Ann like, and I've really enjoyed writing for other people and I've been able to stay close to music and, you know, not had to do other stuff. I still have my publishing deal, but I have not felt like myself. And so like playing shows feels weird because like, I just don't, I don't know. I haven't, I haven't felt like myself. I haven't felt confident. Like I played a show in LA in January and I like I had to have like three drinks before I went on stage, which is not my normal vibe um, because I was so nervous and, you know, I'm sure I could have found a healthier way to do that, but that was what I had on hand and I did what I had to do. Um, and uh, I just like was on stage and I felt so nervous and I was like, everybody hates me. I'm bad. And I think that it's stemming from, I played this gig during COVID at a, um, like in a hotel bar with candy. And I didn't post about it because I really just needed to do it for money because I was, wasn't was touring. I mean, it was COVID. But I was just playing cover songs and having to like play these like G-rated versions of things because I don't get it because it was a bar and there were never kids there, but like hotel guests would get annoyed. And so like, it really eliminates the songs that you can sing. Like it really does. And one time this woman tried to have Candy and I fired for singing a the clean version of WAP because someone tipped us $100 to do it. And um, we didn't even say, we just said wet and gushy. Like we didn't even say like wet ass pussy. And so I think like all of that kind of turned into me feeling insecure about writing authentic lyrics and that people were going to be uncomfortable. And then I listened to what's on the radio. You know, I, I mean the fucking Taylor Swift album, you know? I mean, I will never stop being so stoked that Taylor Swift says fuck. I, oh, it feels so good. And so like, it's like, if Taylor Swift can do that, why can't I? Um, and so playing the songs on the UK tour, like that was one of the only times I felt like an artist recently. So that was really special. 
Um, but it feels good to be like returning to some sense of like normalcy with how my brain is functioning. I don't have a timeline. Um, I have to have some meetings next week about this, but I mean, I have ideas. I just recorded the first song, like recorded, recorded. I'm so fucking proud of it. And I want you guys to hear it so badly. Um, so we'll see TBD. I'll keep you updated on the podcast, but the good news is I feel like I'm emerging from whatever fucking cocoon I've been in for all of 2022 and most of 2021. So Um, Love you all. Thank you so much for listening. I'm Kaylee Shore, and this is Too Much to Say. We'll see you next week. Comics writer and notorious Scott Summers hater Rosie Knight. Well, hello, Emmy winning podcaster and totally unbiased Targaryen royal supporter Jason Concepcion. Somehow the X Ray Vision podcast has returned. And like always, we'll be here every week. You'll hear from TV writers, actors, comics creators, pop culture critics. Nothing is off the table. Listen to X Ray Vision on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.